And welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did Tuesday. Okay, before we get started on, uh, we have a big weekend here in UFC. Before we get started on this stuff, I uh, posted a couple of new videos on my blog uh, from today's NXT show. Uh, we had the debut of Sare uh, versus Zoe Stark. And good match. Put the video up. Should have checked it out. Sare, of course, is the former Sari from uh, Pro Wrestling Diana in Japan. And uh, this was her uh, debut on NXT TV. She's 25 years old and a 10-year pro wrestler. So uh, she's, she's pretty good. So we should check her out. And also from last night's AEW Dynamite, uh, Hikaru Shida successfully defended her AEW Women's Championship against the Brazilian Tay Conti. Again, very good match. Be sure to check it out. And I'll talk about those further on next week's uh, Big Bad Podcast. Okay, Schwan, we got a big weekend here. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I got some very important fights in a women's mixed martial arts this weekend. Absolutely. Well, let's start with last week's Bellator show because uh, you know that was on uh, YouTube up here and on Showtime in the U.S. Uh, there were two women's matches on the show. Um, uh, Vita Ortega beat. Uh, uh, can't remember her name now. Uh, whatever her name was, it doesn't matter. Anyway, she won the fight pretty easily. Uh, what did you think of the fight? And she lost. She, she won. I guess by unanimous decision, or I, I gave it to her thirty twenty-seven, but she lost a point for an illegal lead. Okay, I can't remember the girl's name that she beat. And I don't think I care. Uh, I didn't really. I can't really. I I won't say it was a bad fight. I just it didn't really show me. It didn't tell me that. This is a person I need to keep my eye on. And I don't know if it's because she doesn't have any more talent or she didn't face a person who had enough talent to to force her to show more of what she could do. It, it yeah, just looks like a point. Go ahead. I think she was too small. Yeah, I got that impression too. And, but like I said, when you, wanna, when you see a fight, you either want to see someone do something so dynamic where you say, oh, even if this person was too small or outmatched, wow, that person has something special. Or you want to see him in with somebody good enough where you could see that work through some adversity or have to go to a second layer so you could be like, I see the potential. I see the direction. Her opponent couldn't do it. And what she showed just didn't tell me that she's potentially elite moving forward. Maybe she will be, but I didn't see it that night. No. She, uh, Vita has already lost to last uh, I didn't see anything in that fight. Made me think she had anything for me to yeah, it's, it's stunning to me, and I, I said this before, I feel like some coaches and some camps don't take WMMA seriously because I see girls come in at a certain level with a certain style one year when they hit the big organizations, and two and three and four years later, they have the same problem. Like, like, and I'm talking about girls who are highly ranked, who are, you know, end up being highly ranked, top 10, top 7, and they have the same problems they've had, had the first day they stepped into the cage on a big level, and I'm like, that's not common in men's MMA, but it seems fairly common in women's MMA. All right, so the other fight really wasn't any better. In fact, it was worse. It was uh, Julia Budd 
beat Diana Silva by majority decision. And I'll tell you how I started. Here's somebody who's supposed to be a possible title challenger. She's held the belt before. What the hell was she doing? She was awful in this fight. And the way I scored it was round one for me was a 9-9 tie. They were both terrible. Yeah, You know, I just hated it. And I thought Julia won round two mostly because she happened to get a takedown near the end of the round. And then in round three, the, the, this Diana Silva woke up and she actually was a lot better. I guess her coach told her that she might have had a chance to win the fight or something like that. <laughs> but I ended up scoring at a draw because that's what it was. They were both. But what the hell was Julia doing? Uh, I think it's two. I think it's one of two things. First of all, um, her opponent, while somewhat raw, in my opinion, seemed like she was very physically strong. She looked like she hit with some power. And I think that maybe Julia Budd wasn't expecting her to be as much of a physical presence as she was. And when she felt her strength, when she felt her power, when she realized that girl wasn't going to wilt underneath her pressure, instead of ramping it up and taking more chances, she decided, I'm just going to use my experience and just do whatever it takes to get this win. And um, Silva, late in the fight, realized, like, you know, she hasn't really put anything on me. She's not dominating position. She's not backing me up. Let me start taking some chances. And when she took some chances, she, she really looked like she took control over the fight. She looked like she took control of the fight. So we could say that if she took chances earlier, maybe she would have won it, or maybe she would have forced Julia Budd to have to ramp it up herself and outclass her. We'll never know. But Julia Budd looks very pedestrian. It's like she... She's gotten to a point where she's no longer willing to pay a certain kind of price to get the results she wants. And if that's the case, she's never going to really beat Cyborg. Not that she had a great chance before, but she's going to have a very hard time getting back to the top of the division, even in Belterweight, in the Bellator's weight class, because she's going to have to take chances. And it seems like she's a little bit gun shy. She seemed a little bit hesitant to really exchange or really turn up the pressure. You know what, Schwan? She's always fought like that. She has, but there, she's had moments where she was more, she was in more control against other people. It it seemed like when she couldn't assert a, a steady amount of control, she was like, okay, I'm just going to try and eke out a win. Usually I've seen her fight like that, and she's able to clearly win rounds and never really cede control of the fight. In this fight, in that third round, she was ceding control. In the first round, it was, like you said, dead even. So, I mean, she never really took over the fight. She just eked by. In other fights, she's essentially dominated the fight, just not very impressively. Yeah. Anyway, the other news in Bellator is that Rich Chow has left Bellator. Uh, he's their uh, matchmaker. And so um, Scott Coker and Mike Kogan are going to be uh, doing the, the matchmaking now. Uh, any thoughts on that? Um, I'm interested to see how different it looks. You've never been the biggest Rich Chow fan, so I'm interested to see if no. Rich Chow is the problem. Or were the limited resources of Bellator an actual problem? Because they, they in each division, they only have so many good fighters. That's why you see so many two see, and three rematches. See, this is where I disagree with you. Bellator is owned by Viacom. They don't have limited resources. They just choose not to spend money. Like, they'll spend money on some fighters, and they won't spend money on other fighters. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I so that's a- I well, I've, I've talked to people who I've talked to people who manage fighters in Bellator, and according to Bellator, they're not willing necessarily. 
they don't think certain guys are worth it. So they, they won't make that investment. The UFC will go and get a big, big guy. But Bellator doesn't need big names. They need more in-between guys, middle-tier guys to fill out the divisions because they don't have anybody to build their young guys on and they don't have anybody to rehab their top guys against. You're basically just fighting a circle of top people because they don't have enough depth. They need depth, but they won't pay for that depth because they feel there's not enough financial return on that when in actuality wow. you just need quality fights. I think it depends on the kind of budget that Viacom gives, gives to Coker. You know, he, he's probably... When you're talking about limited resources, that has more to do with Viacom giving him a limited budget as opposed to them not having the resources. I presume that if he wants to go out and get a fighter that he really wants, he can get it because he can go to his his uh, superiors at, at Viacom and say, "Listen, we need this guy." Yeah, okay? that, yeah that and then works, he can that spend works, the money. That works for stars. But what they need is depth. They won't pay for depth, for quality depth. That costs money, too. To get four or five five world-class guys in a division who aren't big names but are world-class, that's going to cost money. They want to pay money for the name. You need to get just more quality fighters. Well, they try and do that sometimes because they hire younger fighters sometimes, guys like uh, Pico and Ed Ruth and guys like that. Uh, They haven't really done that with women's MMA, from what I can tell. That is true. Okay. All right. Let's move on to uh, last weekend's UFC show. There were two women's fights on the show. There was a fight canceled because, what is it, uh, Zara Farron, she, like, missed weight by a mile, so the fight was canceled. All right. So there was two fights on the show. The first one was Tracy Cortez uh, beat, uh, who the hell was she fighting? Oh, yeah, Justine Kish by uh, split decision. Okay. And so the way I scored this fight, was I gave uh, Tracy round one, uh, Justine round two, and uh, Tracy round three. The only reason the fight was a split decision was because one of the judges scored uh, round one for Justine. I don't think Justine won that, so it probably should have been 29-28. But uh, I thought uh, Tracy did okay, and I I give Justine a lot of credit for not folding. Yeah, the, the main thing I saw, just Tracy's wrestling and her work in the clinch and tie-ups really kind of exhausted Justine, took some of the spring out of her step. Plus, Justine's not, she's not the fighter she used to be physically. And as far as technique, she's not the kind that's of person. Mo- who, that, that, that's mostly due to two knee surgeries. Yeah, obviously. I'm, it's not because of the fighting, but she's also, stylistically, the, the challenge Justine Kish presented is because she's big, she's strong, and she's still fairly athletic, and she's durable. She's got enough experience, enough physical tools to not fold under pressure or duress. That's what makes it tough. A lot of people, Tracy Cortez has fought, had, once Tracy starts putting building momentum, they basically capitulate and get, get defensive and give her the fight. Justine Kish was fighting the entire time around. She just didn't have the style nor the skills to challenge her. But in the few spots where Justine Kish was able to stay on the feet and was able to exchange, she was clearly outlanding and doing the more damage to Tracy Cortez. And while Tracy Cortez hung tough and she fought back, I feel that against a fighter with a little bit more depth and and range in her striking and maybe a little bit better ground game, that Tracy could really get punished for that. I, I really think her transitions from wrestling, from striking to wrestling, need to be a little bit cleaner. And I would like her to be more established in her striking game because of Justin Kish with a so-so striking game on the physical decline is really essentially lighting you up on the feet. Then there's a lot of other girls in division who can do, who can, who can follow suit. 
and who are a lot more fresh in their career and have a lot more diversity to their game. And we're going to get an idea uh, of whether there's any kind of ceiling for Tracy. Very true. Okay. All right. The other fight, I'm trying to remember who was in it. It was another split decision. Boring as fuck. Uh, so uh, who was in that fight again? Um, who was else is going to be? Uh, oh, Panay versus Godinez. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lupi Godinez, right? And uh, the winner of the fight was uh, uh, Jessica Penny. I just couldn't come up with their names at the moment. And the thing I saw here is obviously Lupi has some potential, okay? And, I mean, I'll just uh, mention, first of all, she was uh, a champ in LFA, and she is from Mexico, but she works, lives in Vancouver. She trains at um, Titan MMA in Coquitlam, BC, with um, Ken Tran. Uh, Jessica has been off for four years because of USADA issues. Okay, but uh, she has a height advantage. Uh, Loopy, I thought, if she'd have stuck to uh, staying at a distance and striking, I think she would have won that fight. But why did she need to get into a clinch with Jessica? I think I think what it came down to, and this this is she had Loopy has the similar issue that um, uh, what's her name Aspen Ladd has. Due to her limited experience as far as facing quality opposition who really have layers and nuance to their game, at times she can get into a pattern where she follows their lead and she refuses to engage because she feels there's a perceived advantage, even though she's got an even bigger advantage as far as power and athleticism. The difference between Lupe, Lupe and um, Aspen is that Aspen, at least in one round or for two minutes out of round, will go ultimate barbarian on you and just open up just to see what happens. And at no point did Loopy do that. Loopy was bigger, stronger, more durable, hit harder, had the cleaner striking. And if she would have chosen to assert herself, every time she hurt, she hit Jessica, she hurt her. Every time Jessica got her hands on her, she could throw around and bully her. But she was so fearful of that threat of the grappling game that she essentially allowed Jessica to recover and control the pace because she was, she was afraid of the threat that Jessica posed on the ground. Jessica knew she couldn't exchange with her. Jessica knew she couldn't fight at a high pace. Her whole thing was to slow the fight down and to get Godinez to be hesitant. And she did. And that's what cost her. At no point did Lupe just open up. Like, just open up and just go for it. And if she yeah. would maybe she would have been finished, but I think she would have finished Jessica. Jessica Panay can't take punishment. Every time she got hit, she was a little gun-shy and flinchy and, and, and shaky. I just thought we're talking about a, a you know, she's a young fighter you know, low fight IQ at this point. Yeah, well, that, that comes with experience. Well, actually, it should, but some fighters have experience and they just fight stupid. But basically what um what, what Panay did is what Sajar Eubanks did to Julia, Julia Alvia. She just gave her, gave, you used some of that veteran seasoning and got her to fight the fight she wanted her to fight. When it was clear that if she fought another fight, she would have won. Just like Kuniskaya had Ladd on the ropes, had Ladd fighting her fight. And then Aspen Ladd said, F this, I'm going to Hulk smash her, and she Hulk smashed her. Godinez never could flip that switch in her corner. I don't know if her corner told her or not, but if they didn't, they didn't do their job. All right. Let's move to this Saturday's UFC 261. And uh, we have three women's fights on the show, okay, but two of them are big-time title fights. So let's start with title fight number one, where we've got uh, Zhang Veili defending her UFC strawweight championship against Rose Nabahunas. Okay. 
And uh, the thing I want to start with on this, this was brought up on the uh, UFC 261 embedded video. Okay, so Rose's coach is Trevor Whitman. And Whitman was asked on the video if he's like he's coaching not only Rose Namunas, but he's also coaching Kamaru Uzman. So he was asked if he thought he was spreading himself too thin. Okay, and he didn't really answer the question. You know what he said? He said, well, I've had up to seven fighters on an uncart. Okay, so he didn't really answer the question. So I'm going to ask you, do you think he spread two title fights is different? Okay, is he spreading himself too thin? Um, for Trevor Whitman, I would for the average coach, I'd say yes. For Trevor Whitman, it's a little bit different. The thing, the thing, the advantage he has is Rose Namunas has been with him for years and years. Now, with somebody like Usman, who he just picked up a couple year, couple fights back, a year or two, it takes time for them to assimilate. It takes time to break them in and to make everything second nature and have them see the fight the game the way you need to see it. So you got to put a lot of time into them. So you would shortchange another new person. Rose and, and Trevor are already on the same page. He's already taken her to a world championship. She's going to buy into whatever he says. She's, he's already done great work for Pat Berry. So not only does Trevor have her ear, so does Pat. And Pat goes with whatever Trevor says. So she's, she should, she's, it shouldn't be a trouble because she doesn't need as much direct motivation and direction because she's already in the system. She's a part of the system. She's a fighter who's helped him develop his system. So for him in this situation, I don't think it's being stretched too thin. I think Rose will win it. Obviously, he'll contribute. But if she wins or loses, I won't think it would be a matter of being – ill-prepared by uh, Trevor Whitman. I think it'll just be a matter of why Lee was able to expose, expose a historical flaw in her game. Yeah, the only thing I would say, I would uh, respond to in regards to that is the only problem I see with what you're talking about is Rose has been known to have in the past issues with confidence and uh, mental toughness and that sort of thing. Okay? But that, that, that thing is her issue. It's not his. Well, I know, but he has to deal with it as the coach, right? You have to deal with it, but the ultimate, ultimately, and I've, I've trained athletes in combat sports and in non-combat sports. People are like, well, what's the secret? What's the secret? I can tell you, I can put you in the right mindset, but ultimately, either you have to flip the switch and, be, and address that problem directly, or it's my job to give you enough tools to put a buffer between your opponent and that hole in your game, that opponent and your hole. That's all you can do. So either she flips the switch or she's able to execute the tools perfectly so that she doesn't get exposed in that area. There's only the only two options. There's the only two options. The only thing I, the only thing is I think that uh, Zhang Riley is a step above any of the other fighters in this division. I don't think there's anybody who could beat her right now. Maybe later on, you know. But the, the main thing I see here is she's much quicker than Rose. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. You know, she's just much quicker than Rose. And I, I, you know, can she finish it early? I don't know. I don't know if it matters. She's shown that she can go the distance and still, and and like she showed in that fight against Joanna that she could take, she can get through really difficult circumstances. And, you know, COVID was a big deal in China when she was training. Like, she had to get the hell out of there, okay? And so that was a big deal. But she was still able to, to overcome that and, and win the fight. It was certainly much more of a firefight than I thought it would be, but 
She won anyway. Sorry? You make a very valid point, but I have to make a quick counterpoint. What is the one thing you always say about Joanna? She's a point counter or a point fighter, whatever. Oh, well, no, no. What I say about her is she's not who she used to be. But she's like, but essentially she's a point. point, At at one point, well, I guess what I mean by that is at one point in her career, she was a finisher and she's not a finisher anymore. And it's mostly because she's concerned about stuff like uh, breaking her hands and stuff like that. Okay. Exactly. So, So she ain't who she used to be. And she's heard, uh, she's coming back, and she's not who she was when she fought Van- Zhang, right? So True. I don't know why she's coming back. Well, she, I don't think she'll, I don't know that she'll be world champion again, but the fact of the matter is her, Wiley, and Rose are really a step to two and a half steps ahead of most people in the division. They could fight at the top of the division for years. But the, the point I'm making is Joanna's never really been a punch. She's been a punishing fighter, but she's never been a power puncher. That firefight doesn't exist if Joanna actually hits harder. As much as she hit Wiley, if she actually could punch, that fight doesn't go five rounds. But she can't punch, so it did. Well, I have a feeling, I, I, the thing I've noticed when I've been watching the embedded videos is her um, uh, training circumstances have been a little more uh, stable, okay? She came over to the U.S. several months ago She's been, you know, once she knew that the, the fight was going to be down in Jack, once they knew the fight was going to be down in Jacksonville, they moved her down there. And so she's been training in Jacksonville. And I just think that, I think the main thing she's got over Rose is quickness. Okay. And the fact that she throws pretty hard. That's well, the other she, thing. But she so also she, has takedown. She also has ground skills too. So a lot of different ways it could go. The fight, this fight essentially is like all Rose fights. People will say it won't, but it, it, it falls into category. Rose wins because she has, she has great physical tools, length, agility, fluidity, power, strength. She's actually pretty durable, too. She actually is mentally is where, where, where she seems to fold. But the thing is, people talk about Rose's technique on the ground, Rose's technique on the feet. It is good. It's very pristine. It's clean. It's sharp. But a lot of what backs it up is that power she generates. It makes people not want to come after his heart. It makes people get defensive. It makes people give up positions on the ground because they don't want to get their, her fist or her elbow put through their face. So when her power is allowed to dictate, she looks sharper defensively. She looks sharper offensively. She's throwing more volume. She looks more accurate. She looks devastating on the ground and on the feet. Even her wrestling looks better. But the thing about it is when she faces, when she faces opponents who she can't scare off of the power, they can handle it. And they can make those rough spots and they build momentum and they build on their pace. And they build on their volume. Historically, I'm not going to say she's mentally weak, but historically, she has folded in those fights. She did it against Tisha Torres in their first fight. She did it against Esparza when they fought for the initial title. She did it against Carolina Kovacavich. She did it versus Jessica Andrade. And she almost did it against Jessica Andrade in the second fight. Jessica Andrade ran out of time because Jessica Andrade was trying to be defensive because she had just gotten knocked out in her previous fight. She didn't want to get knocked out two fights in a row, so she fought carefully in spots. So the question becomes, is Rose's power enough to do enough damage to allow her to sit on a lead and win it, or is her power enough to knock Wiley uh, out? Because if she can't do one of those two things, then Wiley's just going to walk her down with pressure, pressure, multiple level attacks, and physicality because she'll fight you at every range. She'll fight you at every single range. So if Rose can't slow her pace or can't just clean out, finish her, then Wiley's going to walk her down and beat, beat her with an wow. inch. 
And in those spots, rose tends to get finished. So you pretty much you pretty much illustrated why I think Zhang Riley is going to win this fight. I, I, I see that. I don't see. Mind. I don't see. I don't see Rose doing that. That's true. But my my only thing is this: Wiley, she's never really faced a real power puncher. I mean, she fought Andrade, but Andrade didn't touch her. And Andrade is a Andrade is a clubbing fighter. She's not a snappy striker. Rose is a snappy striker. Rose is one of the top three hardest hitting fighters in the U- women's MMA and UFC. Probably maybe women's MMA, period. The only reason she did knock more girls out is because when she drops them or stuns them, she takes them down and submits them. Wiley's never it's, been hit with that. She's never been hit with that for a round or two rounds. Yeah, never. except she, hit, she hits hard too, and that could, that could change things for Rose. It's, it's true, and I, 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 I will acknowledge that clearly. But every time I bring this point about Wiley, everybody's like, well, blah, blah, blah. I ain't seen her take a, a clean, hard shot from a power puncher yet. Tisha Torres. Well, maybe like her de- listen, listen. Maybe her defense is is extra good. I don't know. It's uh, not. Listen, she got she got she got hit by Joanna. There's no question. She was able to take that, and she came back, and she hit her even harder. Joanna doesn't hit that hard. The same Joanna who who I know. I know. The same Joanna who couldn't finish who couldn't finish Michelle Watterson, who Rose dropped with one shot. Yeah. Well, anyway, like I said, I think the main thing here is uh, Zhang is much quicker than Rose, and I don't think Rose will be able to handle it. I think she's quicker. I think she's quicker. I don't think she's a harder hitter. I don't think she's technically a better boxer. She doesn't necessarily need to be. And don't forget. And don't don't forget, she also has good ground skills, so she can go there, too. I'm not saying she's not better than her. I'm just clearly stating some of the advantages Rose has. That's what makes it difficult because Rose won't just be – she won't be able to lean on that athletic ability. She's going to have to fight, and when she's had to fight, she well, is tending to fold. But I want to see what happens when Wiley gets a sharp, hard, world-class punch or combination put on her. Does she take a half step back? Does she hesitate? I got to think. I don't know, man. I don't know, man, but I, I'm favoring Shane Wiley. There's no question. What about you? Um, I, I, I'm not sure who wins this fight. I guess if I go historically, I have to say this is a fight that Rose tends to lose. But I, I just don't know because I've never seen Wiley take a real hard shot from anybody. She may not hear either. Who knows? All right. Now, just related to this, as we already mentioned, Joanna Rajicic announced a few days ago that she's coming back and she wants to face the winner here. Okay. First of all, it's like I said before. I don't know why she's coming back, okay? She doesn't need to fight anymore. She's made her money. You know what she's been doing? She's been doing TV in Poland, okay? And I don't know why she wants to come back. It doesn't make any sense to me, okay? She's, whoever she fights, she's losing. Um, I mean, well, if she fights an elite person, if she's fighting a uh... – Angela Hill, does she lose to her? Well, no, no, no. That's not what she wants, and they're going to give it to her. I'm telling you, Shawan. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying if you want to say elite people, sure. But but for her to say that she wants to continue, she could still be top three in the division. She just won't be in the well, top two. It's not what she wants. I'm telling you, they would have given her a rematch if she had made the decision to stay fighting but she hadn't made that decision up until recently. Okay. So that's why you weren't hearing your name or anything like that. 
So she's coming back for one reason and one reason only, and that's to get a title shot. Okay. Well, once again, I, I think she's lost a little bit of something, but there is no something kidding. to be said. There's something to be said for being a world class striker, having a strong mentality, and being a very seasoned fighter. Even when she was in decline, what what helped her against Wiley was those spots where her veteran experience were allowed to carry her in those rough spots. She was able to navigate. That's just experience. That's not athleticism. That's not skill. That's experience. If I've been in tough, I know how to work around certain spots. It's just now her margin for error is so much shorter. And that's what she's not going to be able to get around. She literally has very little margin for error against elite people. And that's going to be a problem. Exactly. So I don't know. Like I said, I would like to see her retire, quite frankly. Okay. The second fight we want to talk about here, uh, the championship fight, is Valentina Shevchenko defending the uh, uh, flyweight championship against Jessica Andrade. And um, I'll just say there, I think um, Valentina is going to be a big favorite here. I'm not a betting man, okay? But if I was a betting man, I would be betting the farm on Jessica Andrade because it is a possibility. What? You're on my could... side. What the hell? Huh? Hello? This is a first for anything. Frank Prozen is agreeing with Shawan Humes. Oh, that uh, you, <laughs> we agree all the time. But the point is, I think <laughs> Jessica has a good chance to win this fight for a couple of reasons. First of all, her natural fighting style is go forward, go forward, go forward, go forward. She throws hard, and she's got a great coach. Gaylord Piranha always gives her a great game plan. She doesn't always execute it, but I think she will here. The game plan has never been an issue with her team. Her team's issue is getting technique. She is a technically slightly average, above average fighter, but but strategically and as far as her identity as a fighter, it is elite. They play, they have a fight style that plays to her strengths, and that's why she's been so this, it's not, it's this not, is the again, this is the coaching. It's all on the coaching. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. I give them I say technically she hasn't grown a whole lot, but as far as having an established identity and playing to her strength, that is the one thing I'm a big proponent of in her coaching staff because a lot of guys get people with skills and instead of coaching them to their strengths, they, they try to make them fit a style. And that's why they struggle. Jessica Andrade's team knows what she is. They recognize it early and they built a whole style approach and skill set around her having those physical tools. Now, the minute she loses those tools, she's done. But until she does, she is going to be a dynamo. Um, I'm ready. I actually wrote an article for MMA ratings. I don't know if it's going to be out in time, but I'll, I'll, I'll say my point about Valentina. And I've said this before. And when I said it, Frank jumped on me and tried to fight me, but it was okay. Valentina is a devastating fighter when she has a physical advantage. When she faces someone with comparable physical tools, she's not as aggressive. Those counters don't come as quick. And she's a little bit more cautious than what she does because she knows she can't just take you down and, and dominate you on the ground. Against Amanda Nunes, she wasn't as aggressive. Either fight. Against Holly Holm, the only reason she stayed aggressive is because Holm wasn't smart enough to stop running in face first. Against Jennifer Maya, she wasn't super aggressive. Against Liz Cormoose, she didn't come out looking for blood. But when she faces opponents she knows can't handle her physically, she is a savage. She was a savage with Joanna. 
She was a savage with Cachoeira. She was a savage with Jessica I. She was a savage with Chukagan because they could not match her physicality, durability, power, or explosiveness. So she ran right through them. Jessica Andrade is as good or maybe a better athlete than, than Valentina. She's going to force a pace. And the worst thing about it is, even though Andrade isn't going to be able to ragdoll people at this weight class like she did at, at straw weight, she's still going to be able to physically impose her will. Um, Valentina can't just take her down. Valentina can't just get in scrambles. And if she takes Valentina down, Valentina's got the work to get back to her feet. So this is going to be an actual fight where she won't have those advantages and she's facing somebody who's willing to take some chances to get to her. Now, Valentina's willing to really bite down and fire off, she could catch her, especially maybe early. But if it becomes a grinding affair, we know that Jessica Andrade can take a beating for five rounds. We know Jessica Andrade can keep throwing volume for five rounds. I don't know that Valentina can win a fight where she really has to work because she's never really had to work in a fight that's gone five rounds. She's either finished or she's been picking her shots and counters and getting out work. She got out work against Nunes twice. And it's possible she gets out work on this fight too. Okay, my question here is this. The key for Valentina to win is probably to keep things at a distance. Can she do that? I don't think she can. That's she's, the big she's, question. She, she's, she's great with maintaining range if you're scared off by the threat of her counters. Liz Carmouche could have got to her. Liz Carmouche didn't want to take any chances. Jessica I had moments where she got to her spots. Caitlin Chukagan had moments where she got to spots. Neither one had the power of physicality to make her pay. When certain people got to spots with her, they punished her. And I think, just, I think Jessica Andrade, if she goes attacks the legs and the body, especially the body, there's body-head combinations, I think she'll get to her. And if she gets her hands on Valentina, Valentina hasn't, hasn't grappled with somebody with that physicality in a live fight, except for Maya. And Andrade is a bigger hitter and a better athlete and has better cardio and is a better striker. She, she's also probably tougher than anybody. Yep. The question is, will Valentina bite down and really put some heat on a counter, knowing that if she misses that counter, she's going to eat a huge, huge, huge shot in return. She's never been that person when, when, when an actual threat has been there. Watch that Amanda Nunes fight. She turned it on when Nunes was dead tired. When Nunes was fresh, she wasn't throwing heat. In the second fight, she didn't throw heat at all. Why? Because she knew what was waiting on her. She didn't go out and fire because she knew what was waiting on her. Well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting fight just because uh, Jessica is going to be the, the underdog here because people are looking and goes, oh, she's too small. You don't want to underrate this girl. She's, she's in the UFC, and she's fought at three different weight classes for a reason. She's been Yes, and, and to be quite, I mean, the fact that she went all the way down as a woman, it's harder to cut weight. She went from bantamweight all the way down to strawweight and didn't lose anything physically. I mean, she was known for going hard five rounds. And almost everybody she fought was at one point highly ranked, world class. She, she really hasn't had any easy fights. I don't know an easy fight she's had, ever. Well, I think she prefers having those type of fights. Yeah. And, so, and that, I don't know. So, so, to me, it develops that synth in so, the cage. So, this. So this is why, if I'm a betting man, I would put money on, on Jessica. I'm not necessarily think she's going to win the fight, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah. I mean, just the Jennifer Maya fight alone. And, and Andrade's camp said it on UFC Countdown. They saw what Maya was able to do, getting takedowns in holding position and getting out of position. And they're like, I can do that. I've got the strength okay. and the athleticism. But well, you got a prediction or no? Huh? You got a prediction or no? 
Um, I said on paper it should be Valentina stylistically, but I said I'm going with Jessica. Okay. We have a third one fight one on this show. One more thing, Frank. Frank, one more thing. I will say yeah. that against Chukagan, I saw some moments where Jessica wasn't as physically dominating as she was, even though it was a brief fight. There were a couple moments in there where you could see that the size took away some of her dyna dynam dynamic ability, ability and strength. So it'll be more of an even play playing field. She'll still be the best athlete Valentina's face in this division or second best athlete of all time, but it'll be a lot closer. She won't have that huge advantage physically like she does. All right. Okay. Now there's a third fight women's fight on this show and that's way down. It's leading off. It's kicking off the show. It's going to be on the uh, fight pass prelims up here. And that is at Strawweight. It is Ariane Carnalosi versus Na Liang. Okay, so let's, I'll talk about them first. Uh, Ariane Carnalosi is from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, <laughs> she's lost her one fight in the UFC back in 2019. She lost to uh, Angela Hill. It was stopped due to a cut. Okay, the reason we haven't seen her since 2019 is because of um, uh, visa problems. Okay, so Na Liang is a newcomer to the UFC. Obviously, she's from China. Okay, her uh, MMA record is uh, what is it, fifteen and four or something like that. And um, she's fought mostly in China. Okay, the one uh, she did fight one fight in Bellator in uh, 2017, and she lost to Juliana Velasquez. So that was obviously flyweight. This is a strawweight. Okay. She's 24 years old, but she's been fighting since 2016. So how did she get to the UFC? Apparently, she either had a tryout or something at the UFC Performance Institute in Shanghai, and they signed her based on that. So this is her, her debut. Uh, I didn't. She has a couple of fights that are on YouTube, except they're kind of old. So I don't know. I, I didn't think they were going to give me any kind of idea of what she's probably a lot different today and the fact that she's over here with uh, Zhang Weili I mean I haven't seen anything about her whether she's working with her team or not but that would not shock me well hopefully she has I, I don't know much about her but I, I this will be her first introduction on a big stage I, I hope she has something to offer because you don't get opportunities like this all the time and they don't stay along very long if you can't perform uh, I think it's a showcase fight for her. I think they really like her. And Carnalosi is not that good. Well, that's that. So showcase fights are always great, but they're also trap fights because it's a fight you should win and win impressively. So if you don't win impressively, now I got questions. And if you lose, now we got a whole bunch of questions. So I hope yeah. she does, does perform, perform well. We'll see. But I mean, obviously, we haven't seen her, so we're not sure what she's like or anything like that. That's true. Okay. Okay. Now, a couple of other things. First of all, uh, UFC announced that Amanda Nunez will defend the uh, Bantamweight Championship against Juliana Pena. Okay? And that just shows me that, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Okay? Because what the hell are they doing here? Like, I guess I don't think – there's any way that Juliana wins this fight. No way. I don't. I don't think there's necessarily a way. Well, as a, given my position, it would be my job to come up with a way. But I know one thing: she's not going to quit. She's not going to fold. She's not going to be scared to death like the previous challenger. 
And if that, that's, and that's enough. That's enough for me. I mean, good lord, you're not even trying. You just letting her back you up with feints. Like that's embarrassing, dude. Juliana Pena, the biggest tool she has is she will fight you in every single range. She's not great in any range. She's not a great wrestler. She's not a great grappler. She's not a great striker. But she refuses not to engage you. She will engage you. You have to work. You have to actually get a win over her because she ain't giving you shit. So in that regard, she if she can force a pace and get through the first round, I, I fully expect the same thing that happened to Nunes against Durandamy to happen against Pena. Nunes will fade. Everybody keeps telling me about her gas tank. Her gas tank looks great because she is either dominating girls for five rounds or blowing them out. The one time she's had to fight, had to fight in a fight for more than a round, she got tired. First time she had to actually work in a fight, dead tired after the second round. Dead tired. So the, the cardio is not better. So if she doesn't get a finish on Pena earlier, it is going to be a tough fight. Luckily for her, Pena's not a finisher on the feet. She's not really a great finisher on the ground. She's not a dominating wrestler. In theory, this she should also, be... She, she, she yeah. has also been known to make awful mistakes. True enough. This should be a one-sided fight, but it should be one of those, like they say in boxing, a competitive one-sided fight where the other person is fighting just enough to make it entertaining and just enough to keep it going. My only concern for Nunes is that Nunes shoots her load trying to finish, and she doesn't finish. We know what happens when Nunes tries to finish and she doesn't. She takes a beating, did against Durandamy, and you can say, well, it was years ago, did against Zingano. Every time she's taken a beating, it's been for the same reason. Zingano, Shevchenko, Durandamy. She tried to finish, she didn't get it, and she got her ass lit up for the next round and a half. And that's very possible for it to happen. But she's better everywhere than, um, than Pena. But Pena's going to engage her, Pena's going to fight, and Pena's a big enough, long enough athlete that she can force her to work in multiple spots. And if she has to work, there's going to be questions. All right. One other thing I want to do, I want to, uh, I wanted to wish congratulations to former UFC bantamweight champ Ronda Rousey and her husband Travis Brown, also a former UFC fighter. For uh, they announced the other day that Ronda is four months pregnant, so she they're finally going to have a baby. So congratulations to them. You got any comments on that, Schwan? Uh, I guess congratulations. I mean, it's a joyous occasion, but uh, I don't know her. So just congratulations on having a kid. Wish all the best for the kid. No, and- just listen, nothing wrong with just wishing him the best. That's all. And, and yeah. the, the big question about Rhonda, by the way, is after that, will she return to the WWE? Because she was in the WWE uh, up until last year. And I don't know if she wants to do that. Okay, look. She doesn't girl. live in. She doesn't live in L.A. She doesn't live in L.A. anymore. She lives out in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, and she doesn't need the money. So I don't know if she wants to do that anymore. She sure as hell is not going back on the road. That's damn sure. She's going to be like the female Brock Lesnar. And what I mean by that is Brock Lesnar. Basically, when they when the WWE pays him enough money, he'll show up somewhere, and that's what Ronda's going to be like. When she was in the WWE before, she put she did house shows and everything. She ain't doing that again. She's only nope. going to do certain limited limited schedule. That's all. When she's she first do. came in, she was trying to prove a point. She was trying to prove that she could do it and she could be one of the girls, one of the guys, whatever. She's already proven that point. It ain't happening again. Point's been proven. Now you got to pay me if I want to do it again. That's right. Okay, you got anything else you want to talk about, Schwan? Uh, let me think real quick. Let me think real quick. I would say no. Okay, so that's about it. 
Okay, don't forget, once again, to check out my blog, frankp316.blogspot.com, and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for either my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.